All right, all right, all right. We're here. 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. I'm David Villa, and I'm here with the one and only Dave Cribs. What up, Dave Cribs? Hey, how you doing, Mr. Villa? Man, I'm doing wonderful, man. Just excited about getting into uh, some automotive discussion today, and uh, we got a great, great panel uh, in segment one with a couple of really strong GMs that... Um, that are making it happen and uh, we're going to be talking to them about what what's going on and what they're starting to do to unfold uh, you know really just the next this next level of, of, of making the summer right just an, just a very profitable one so there's some uh, really creative things that they've been uh, doing and of course um, you know they're, they're, they're always on the cutting edge of, of creativity and ideas so I'm looking forward to talking to the one and only Sean Hayes and the one and only Steve Jones a couple of really incredibly sound general managers um and so they're gonna be coming on here and then we've got a pretty cool spotlight as well later on in the show um that i know we're excited about getting to uh so you know what 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 are you feeling man we're ending the month today's the last day and uh, it's been a little different than what we anticipated i think uh in january april being you know but um you know what it is what it is and um you know it's uh it's still the end of the month and what what are you sensing out in the marketplace in general what are you sensing talking to dealers on a on a daily basis dave well certainly in a much better place than they were even just a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh you know things are moving pretty quickly and the natives are restless meaning the public in general man just Mm -hmm. being cooped up and not being able to have you know a normal sense of freedom that we that we take for granted um, and then, you know, I think also, you know, spending money is therapeutic. I mean, you, you, you know, you talked about, you know, kind of uh, <clears throat> the, the, the subtlety of not just being able to go in and look for a shirt if you mm-hmm. want one. By the way, cool Mickey Mouse shirt. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Mickey Mouse is uh, losing quite a bit of money. Uh, he is. Yeah, he is. So <laughs> I hear 30 million a day. I don't know if that's right or not, but yeah, that's what we were I told will, in the elevator this I will, morning, yes, right? I got in the elevator and I got, I got, a, there's a lady in the elevator with you and I, and we came walking in and. And she looked at my shirt. At first, I forgot I had it on. And she said, you know, Disney's going to open back up here. And I'm like, why is she telling me this? Because <laughs> you got Mickey Mouse all over your shirt. It is, just that so you know, guys, why. I did not get this from Disney World. This is a rag. I got to say it because, you know, I mean, I just feel like, you know, I'm like one of those tourists that, I mean, I grew up in Florida, like no no further than an hour away from Disney my entire life. And uh, so I like Disney, just like the next person. But uh, this is a rag and bone collaboration with Mickey Mouse. But it's cool. But it, it, it does, uh, you know, I did it, not buy this as a tourist from Epcot. It's a good looking shirt. It doesn't you, it doesn't look like a typical Mickey Mouse shirt. That's right, for sure. right. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. If you're wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt yeah, right now, at all. And, you know, hey, rock it. You know what I mean? I got something to say too though. Um, you know, listen, I'm not a I'm not an economist, nor do I nor do I pretend or play one on TV, I guess you should say. Um, and uh, but I do understand business a little bit and I'm going to give my opinion, which is I think a positive one um, with regards to the economy. And I was talking to uh, Kevin, our engagement director, in Autodilla University and Joe Calla, our, you know, our VP of uh, um, sales. And I was talking to these guys just a little bit ago, Dave, about um, just my opinion. You know, I know we're in, and this is really something I think, guys, if you're, if you agree with this, if not, hey, we're allowed to have our own opinion. But, you know, if you can really grasp this next season as it's reopening and things are happening and the economy gets, let's just call it turned back on, right? And I, again, the pent up demand is there right now. There's dealers that we're working with that are having big months um, that are up in some ways, uh, even those that are down, some of the ones I'm working with and talking to, they're barely down because of some maneuvers they've did in a positive way. And then you got dealers that obviously, you know, are hurting and 
and things like that. So what I'm saying, though, is either way is getting turned back on. Right. And I want to just kind of give my opinion about something that I think would, you might find interesting. Um, you know, when we've gone through economic situations like 08, for instance, you know, it took some time to climb out of this. But if you look at this this situation two months ago, it was it was blowing up. And now it's, it's got shut off, but it's getting ready to be shut back on. But if you think about your own self, and this is probably, if you want to know what, what customers, trends of customers might be, I think the car business is in for a really, really good summer. And let me explain why. People right now, let's use you as an example. You work at car dealers, but let's just use everything else in your life. It happens to be that everything is shut down. Mm-hmm. You, 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 listen to this. In 2008, everything wasn't shut down. The auto business suffered in some ways, but restaurants didn't, you know, and, and certain other things did not. So right now everything's off. So you as a consumer, what are you looking forward to most doing? Going to eat somewhere, right? Going into Nordstrom or going into a store, the mall, walking around, getting out of the freaking house and looking at a shirt, you know, or whatever, you know, those types of things. So if you're going and what are you going to do? You're going to spend money at the restaurant. You're going to go get your women, Men, me, <laughs> you go pedicures, manicures. You want to go into the nail salons. You want to go get a haircut. I mean, our ADU team came in here the other day and looked like Sasquatches. I mean, they haven't had haircuts in, you know, two months. You I know, still um, do. my daughter's a hairdresser, <laughs> so I'm getting it every week. But, you know, I want to say this, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox and let you comment on it. I think that, you know, you're going to find that customers are going to come right back in. There's, of course, some unemployment, but the businesses are going to, I guess, bring people back in, you know, as quickly as they can as the demands there. But understand people are going to come back out and start spending again because the very things that people miss the most in many ways require them to spend money. Yeah. yeah. I think you're, you're definitely going to see an initial uh, kind of uptick, if you will, uh, especially if you're in an area that's been locked down. I think that's a no brainer. The question is going to be, what's it, what's it going to look like you know, the rest of the year, um, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to see the V, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's going to be more like a W, um, you know, I've heard uh, a few people comment on that as well. And I share that same sentiment, but mm-hmm. uh, because I think we'll go through little bits of waves. I also believe that, you know, part of that pent up demand that you talk about, Dave, mm-hmm. um, and part of that initial uh, response uh, are going to be people that maybe aren't either aren't quite as affected, right? That aren't afraid to buy that realize that today it really is an opportunity with the things that are going on. Um, and then I think you also are going to have a little bit of the people who need that little bit of break and payments and a little bit of deferment, uh, in order to kind of keep themselves in a decent place financially. But then after that initial hit, I think we're going to, I think it's going to get a little bit curious. I don't, I don't know what to expect really. Yeah. And you know, uh, something I saw uh, the other day on social media, Jonathan Dawson posted a comment about something. I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but it was interesting because he he had mentioned to an automotive dealers and maybe you could tag Jonathan Dawson um, and just maybe he can comment on it specifically in the thread. But, you know, he said something I thought was very uh, interesting and profound, you know, and it made me think, of course, I'm already thinking this way and agreeing with him. But I think, you know, he said, he goes, you know, you, we want to we, every dealer is talking about changing and shifting the way they do business. But And he was saying, you know, he said, don't shift, and, and I'm not going to get it right exactly, but basically the gist was don't shift so much. Don't shift permanently for something that's going to be temporary. For instance, he was using the numbers that maybe let's just say the business is off 50% and normally there's 6 million vehicles sold. So let's say there's 3 million. He's, you know, he was, he was using the analogy that basically if this is going to be, uh, you know, for the next couple of months, it's going to be that way. Then, you know, what happens when things aren't that way anymore? And he said, you know, so he said, just shift in the interim. Here's the post right there. 
Let me read this because it's pretty cool. Yeah. He said, don't make the mistake of, thank you, by the way, of reinventing your entire process and pay plans just because you think you have to sell differently with customers today. Here's some math to keep in mind. 7 million new and used 57 cars. 57 million. I'm sorry, 57 million. I thought it was a dollar sign. <laughs> are typically sold each year. That's 4.75 million a month. That's normal volume. Follow me. In the market, if the market's dropped, for many it has, 30 to 50% in some places in the last 45 days, let's say to stay below normal for the next 45 days, you've got three months, all right, everybody's there, to two, uh, of 2.3 to 3.3 million deals per month for a three-month period of time. Why is that important? Because that only represents 1.5 to 2% of all households each month for three months. Another way to think about it is 94 to 95% of all households will not experience buying a car differently during the three months, meaning they're not going to buy right. this month, so they're right. not going to experience your difference. They're not going to experience the, the difference. So now all that said, it's important to adopt, to innovate, and to improvise, obviously, right? Uh, but it's also important to revisit, revise processes, marketing, staffing, and the pay plans, and uh, uh, in, in be careful in reinventing for the sake of reinvention. Be careful redesigning all of your processes because 45 to 6% of the market had to stop or shop differently for three months, and therefore you had to sell differently for three months. Innovate, yes. Redesign, maybe. Reinvent, possibly. Replace everything, no. And it's a good point. It's a good point. It's a really good point because we sometimes, I think sometimes people, you know, they look at it and they made the change, and the change was, you know, I don't believe, I really honestly don't believe in the, that this is going to change the way things are done permanently. I just don't because you see what happens even in just uh, the the city of or the state of California when they open beaches. I mean, this is California. You know, I mean, this is one of the you know areas that were very stringent and so forth. And man, I mean, they they shut them down again because there were so many people out there. People want out, and I just don't think that people are going to allow it to change the way that we think they are. That's just my opinion. You could disagree. I probably somewhere in the middle of that. Okay, <laughs> I know you are, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, that's just my that's just yeah, my well. Well, the reason I say that is there there are going to be some dealerships that uh, that you know through this time period and through innovation. There's some startup companies out there. There's more things coming, moving towards that online process. And I don't know that that's a right yeah. now. It's maybe if you're working remotely or if, or or through this uh, scare. Uh, that might be there might be a bigger percentage of use in those areas, but um, but I definitely think it speeds up this. And I think that when customers begin to see these new options and and learn about them and and figure them out, and I think they'll become dealer friendly as well. I think we'll all figure out a way to capitalize on these different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it does push us closer towards that. But, but I, I uh, agree. And by the way, I, I do agree with the article. I don't think that you know he makes some really valid points there. But uh, and yeah. by the way, I totally agree with the fact that it'll push us closer towards it because you know we've already been pushed t- closer towards that in some degree anyway. I guess, however, I, I just disagree with the fact that I don't think you're ever going to get away from a human element. Right now, people are going crazy because there's a lack of human interaction. I mean, we're human beings, and, you know, it's just not simply not healthy. And I just don't think that people like in any way, shape, or form not being able to be involved with other people. And I just think that, you know, I think that um, if anything, let me say this, if anything, you can implement a human interaction, and and that comes through sales. I mean, we're talking about the retail automotive business, and so we're we're one of the predominant, you know, at the the forefront businesses for human interaction, you know, and always, whether, you know, obviously they're online, but they, they come to the dealership, and I don't think we not only will ever lose that, I think that we need to take advantage of that 
because the reality is on the flip side, in my opinion, a lot of consumers got the taste of what the taste of what automation looks like. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of eating it. And I'm just telling you right now, flat out, man. I mean, look, we all have devices. I mean, I'm as, I'm as connected and I've got all my kids are connected and my, my kids, husband, my, my son-in-law, uh, you know, my, my uh, youngest daughter's boyfriend, they're all connected. I, man. I think, I think the, the different, I'm just I, over it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not to my fill, man. I well, want, I want some vintage old fashioned outside. And I got, well, how old are you as I'm saying this and how old are you? 23 year old uh, video directors over here nodding his head. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, you've had your fill. I mean, I'm ready for some old fashioned human interaction. Give me a Pinto. You know, me drive around in a freaking, you know what I'm saying, right? You guys with me? You, hey, how old are you, Matias? 21. 21. Mike, how old are you? 29. You guys agree or no? If you guys don't, what do you think? You guys? All right. I'm an introvert, so like when this all happened, I'm like my my, my daily routine hasn't changed. I go home and chill out. <laughs> no, I'm a socialite. That's like, a, Ezra's a right. social butterfly. Go, like he loves going time. out. I go to, I go place on Thursdays, dude. Like I just you ready to go top golf, Matias? <laughs> <laughs> I think we got to figure out. <laughs> uh -huh. Want my two dollar PBR Thursdays? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Well, I, I'm a bit on board in the sense that I believe that people would prefer an amazing experience at a store. The problem is until we get to a place where we're beginning to provide a, an interactive experience differently than what we've had in the past, what our old business model has been and still is really, quite frankly, and the going back and forth in the, de the desk and the, you know, the this and the that. I mean, I know it's, it's probably a necessary evil um, in most places right now, but if we can get more towards an, an interactive experience mm -hmm. that the customer really looks forward to going to mm -hmm. and where you can kind of have all the best of all the worlds, I think you'll see less I'm gonna challenge of that demand in automation. I'm going to challenge that statement. I'm going to bring our guest on first. And, and you know what? I could, be, do it. I could be shouted down, man, and, and literally disagree with But I'm going to bring the general manager of Roundtree more forward in uh, – the northern side of Florida, just south of the Georgia line. We got Stephen Jones, and I've got the uh, general manager of the CMA Colonial Chevrolet. You know him well on social media, Mr. Sean Hayes. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us there via Skype with us. And uh, I'm not sure how much of the conversation you heard in the beginning, but I want to bring you guys into the conversation. Um, with everything going on, let's just start the conversation off this way. You know, do, do you guys feel you know, that the customer, I mean, Dave just said something a minute ago, and this is something that we repeat. I want to challenge the statement in general, and, and I'm not saying it's not, I'm asking, is it something that customers want? Is it really what customers want? Or I'm actually persuaded a little more in the last couple of months by dealing with dealers and customers in a unique way with a unique kind of product that's allowed us to interact with customers during this time, that they're looking for the exact opposite. What say you guys? I'm going to bring <clears throat> Stephen Jones into the conversation first. Stephen, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Pre appreciate you uh, having us on here. Uh, man, I tell you, it's it's gave us a chance to really step up our game as far as our type of customer service. So I think we have really had an opportunity to impress customers uh, so that they're thankful in, uh, in doing business with us. Uh, however, we've had several of them reach out to us, and we've We've delivered cars. We take people to uh, cars to customers' houses to uh, to do demo drives, obviously video, all that. But we've had several of, of of them message us saying we can't wait to come by and shake your hand, give you a hug, and tell you thank you for the amount of customer service that you provided to help us feel comfortable in this circumstance that we're dealing with. So I think they still want that connectivity as far as feeling like they connect 
mm-hmm. uh, with us, and because we're we're building relationships, not just selling cars. Yeah. Well, Mike, you turned us up too, didn't you? Can you just turn them up and turn our volume back where it was? Um, so, Sean, let me ask you the same question. I mean, you know, and again, we, we were just, you know, we were just having some organic conversation here. I'm not sure how much of it you guys got to hear, but, you know, Cribs and I were just kind of disagreeing a little bit, and we rarely do that. But, um, you know, I'm just thinking, man, and again, partially, you know, I'm kind of, of a disruptor in my thoughts. Usually, um, you know, I like to think that way, but I just am seeing a lot of customers that um, we're interacting with via, you know, a lot of dealers right now, about a hundred dealers that we're doing specific interaction with, um, with, with a thousand people roughly per dealership on it. Um, and so we're seeing just a lot of people that are, that are just kind of ready to get, get to it, man. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think the customer, do you think that we're learning in this? I know we have to do what we have to do here and we're getting good at some things we needed to, but do you really think the customer is the one driving all the time this experience or is it possibly sometimes driven from a vendor perspective? Is it, <laughs> is it fabricated sometimes? I mean, really what's your thoughts on that? Well, you actually took the words out of my mouth there. Uh, hey, Cribs, what's up, Villa? Nice to see you guys. You Thanks too. for having me on again. Um, I, I, I kind of believe, and I uh, hope this doesn't uh, offend too many people. I think this is kind of driven by the vendors and the people that have a stake in that, in that uh, forum. Now, bear with me and go with me on this. You know, I mean, I really, really believe that uh, there's about 5% of Americans who are buying their cars this way, okay? Before this, even if this doubles to triples, there's still only a 10% of Americans that wanna buy their car this way. Look, we've had, we have actual software in place that's better than we've ever had before. We have it, we bought into it. 15 cars and our 15 uh, uh, 15 of our dealerships in this mm-hmm. dealership group all bought this and we have it but man our BDC pushes it and tries to get it and like says hey this is a really cool software you should use it and man I'm telling you we haven't seen not a lick of it and if we haven't seen an uptick that much in it right now with what's going on I don't foresee we're going to have it when we come out of this now I think it's very important to have it I think it's very important to um, to make sure that you get your dealership uh, ready for it and to have it available if a customer wants it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't I don't think it's going to be what everybody thinks it's going to be. I think the people still want to come in the dealership. They still want to see their car. They still want to feel it. They still want to drive it. It's just my thoughts. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and I'll go back to Stephen, but, you know, what do you think about the way that, you know, the consumer obviously uh, does, you know, according to surveys, right? They want uh, they want a less frictional transaction. They don't want as much negotiation. They just want the deal, right? But uh, but obviously with the, 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 the uh, competitive market that we're in and the way that the fact that, you know, um, people are going to shop around. They're going to do different things. It doesn't make it as easy for the dealer just to say, okay, hey, here's a great deal. Here's a price. And here you are because we're so fearful that they can go right down the street and buy the same thing and they'll just take our price over there and do something different. So I guess I kind of set the stage for this question, but is our system, because it doesn't seem like it's changed much in the 30 years I've been in it, is our system antiquated or is it something that really doesn't need fixing that maybe we just make so much out of it that, uh, that, that, you know, it's just how it has to work. Uh, well, I mean, to, in today's market, people aren't coming in my store to get a buyer's order to start shopping. 
uh, the majority of the customers have already done all their shopping before they show up in my showroom. So they still want that connectivity, but it's here, us demoing their new vehicle, us delivering their vehicle, us taking care of all their needs. But the majority of the time, the decision of buying a vehicle has already been made before they actually show up to my dealership. So I don't think they're getting buyer's orders and going down the street. They've made a decision to do business with me, and that's why they're in my showroom. You know, Sean, thank you, Steve, and, and both of you guys can weigh on this, but Sean, you know, I'm noticing something, too, with regard, let's just, let's just talk about, I think that, you know, when it comes down to that, at least, the, and I'm not talking about the surveys and things like that, because I think that even in some cases, those can be, I and mean, it's kind of like a poll when you deal with political, you know, it's like you hear on one side of the fence, you hear a poll that's going to be in that favor. On the other side of the fence, there's a poll on the other side. I mean, who? I've never been polled, you know, so, you know, when it right. comes to political, so, I mean, I don't know how much I believe in surveys. Whose, whose narrative is that pushing, you know, and, and who were the people and when was it done, what have you. But let's just push that aside for a second. What I'm seeing with real data, you know, with, with leads, and maybe you can address this. When you're dealing with customers digitally, you know, through our Internet departments, which we deal with here, you know, you're still getting a lot of questions of, uh, that are skeptical. Like, you know, hey, what's my is my credit score coming to play? Or, you know, I owe this much on my vehicle. Will that be a problem? They're asking questions that you and I both know that the savvy dealer is going to not answer until they get down there. Because, you know, I mean, that's just that's just smart. I mean, you, you don't want to have that discussion, you know, on a chat back and forth, you know, uh, or on an email where it can be misread or assumed and possibly they don't show up. And when you could actually possibly in person find that there's some scenario that you can work out for them. So, I mean, a lot of those types of things, even though they're digital, it really comes, in my opinion, it's coming down to how we handle those responses and if we handle them at all. I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's really when it comes down to it, it it's a it's an experience that in a lot of cases has to come down to, to the uh, interaction face-to-face -face anyway. I mean, in a lot, in a lot of ways, do you, do you agree with that or? I do agree with that actually, David. Um, uh, the BDC is probably in, in my, now some dealerships don't have it. Mm -hmm. I get it. They do things differently. I believe the BDC is one of the most integral parts of our dealership and the way we're growing. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like if more people are shopping online, more internet, Leads are coming in. I need highly skilled people who know how to handle questions, know how to uh, deal with it, even answer them. I want them to answer them. I want them to give the information. I'm okay with that, but they have to really learn their craft on how to gain that uh, rapport and gain that trust of that customer mm -hmm. while giving the answers, okay? I don't want them to avoid the answers, David. I actually okay. teach them to give the answers, but the key to it is not just to give answers. For every answer you give, you need to ask two or three rapport building questions so you can gain some kind of loyalty and trust of that customer mm -hmm. quickly. And I think that's uh, kind of the avenue that our dealership takes. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, and I think that kind of, uh, it's funny you bring that up, uh, Sean, because, and I'll go back to, to Steve on this and let him answer, but you know, for there's always been this huge battle about, you know, should salesmen handle all the leads? Should there be a separate department for leads? And then, and then you know, uh, there's this theory of, well, uh, you know, salespeople are great and they're talented and, and they're probably good at that, but they just don't want to do it, right? That's why I think one of the main reasons that the BDC exists in most stores is that, hey, uh, there's all these leads that, that don't get touched or touched quick enough because a salesperson might be more inclined to, you know, kind of do it at their own pace or, or have their attention somewhere else. So it's more of a, it, the BDC, you could argue, is more of an organi organizational 
uh, structure, right? They, they've got a list. They're going to go down. They're going to make calls. They're going to do this, that, a little bit more disciplined sort of approach, uh, which is great for getting to those leads. But then what happens when we take out uh, that, that ability to have uh, quote unquote salespeople as internet? I know I'm going to stir up some controversy here. And, and by the way, a BDC rep can certainly have both qualities, right? Um, but what right. we typically find is salespeople are less organizational where someone that you might see as someone who would be more inclined to have the patience and the discipline to sit and make calls mm -hmm. may not have that salesperson personality where they can have that skill set of the connecting, right? Like Sean said, I, I'm good with giving them the information, but there's got to be a component there where th that person's savvy enough to, to be able to connect and build a relationship throughout those uh, that information and transaction of information. So maybe speak to that, Stephen. Where, where do you kind of uh, see the, uh, you know, maybe some solutions in that area? Well, yeah, in, in our store, uh, we do not have a BDC. So we have an internet department, but they are cradle to grave. So they're the ones answering the leads. They're the ones that are going to shake the customer's hand or right now give them an elbow bump when they get here. But, uh, but so they are handling that. The reality is in today's business, uh, I believe every one of your salespeople need to be able to handle that type of lead because that's, that's the way this business is going. Although somebody may not send in a form lead or may not have went on our website and submitted a credit app, the majority of the customers have already been there. They've already done research on the internet. They've already looked up their trade-in. So to treat a regular walk-in customer any different than you're treating an internet customer right now, uh, you're fooling yourself because they've already got the same information. It's just in the way they're contacting the dealer in order to handle it. So every every salesperson should be able to handle that lead the same way. Hmm, that's good. We had a comment. I, Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jump Go ahead, ahead Sean. Um, the BDC and how we how we uh, we kind of structure it is: I recruit and hire based on uh, based on those attributes. Okay. So like, I'm not just sticking somebody in there that can just answer calls and make calls. I want them to be a salesman on the phone. I want that, I, I believe, to not uh, poorly pay that department either. Because think about it, if they're the first point of contact in here and in the future, and they are growing the, the, the rapport and getting the customer in the door, really my salesman, by the time, by the time they get here, they're really basically doing paperwork anymore. They're showing the car, they're driving the car, they're doing paperwork. Really, I need to make sure that they're really good at their job and they're paid well, yeah. okay? With that, I don't move them around. They are there, they grow that that department. There's ways they can move up in that department, but I want them to be the best of the best, just like my salesman. And the reason why I got away from my salesman be taking care of the leads is because, ma'am, they're selling cars. They're out delivering cars. They're showing cars. They're driving cars. When that internet lead came in, it sat in that bucket too long. And then even if it did go to the round robin and float down to a couple of people, what did they do? They looked at it, they scaled it and said, ah, nah, that one looks like a lot of work. Look, I was on the sales floor for 11 years. I know how the salesmen do it, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're gonna be less apt to call somebody that, that maybe they think is buried in a trade or less apt to call somebody if they you know, or on a certain car that we don't have or stuff like that. So I want the BDC to be highly skilled and get customers in. I want my salespeople to show cars and deliver cars. And that's, that's kind of the way I set it up that way. That's good. Hey, Stephen, I don't know if you heard this in the beginning. Uh, we And I'm not sure if we uh, if Jonathan got, came on or saw the tag, but uh, we, we, we did uh, reference something that he posted um, 
up uh, a couple days ago. You guys may or may not have seen it, Jonathan Dawson. But just wanted to throw this out there, maybe see what your guys' opinions of it are. Where he was, just, he was just cautioning, you know, about changing everything uh, during this time, which we need to obviously adapt and, and make some improv, imp, you know, improvised moves. But he was just cautioning. You know that there's going to be you know a large amount of people if it say it lasts another 45 days to some degree you know and by the comments by the way that are coming in I know there's a I saw a comment from we'll get to them in the break in between uh, we'll read some but there was a comment from a, a dealer in New York that was obviously you know commenting on face to face and you know um, then there was a comment uh, a couple comments from other parts of the country but just understand we're such a such a big country. You know, we have a dealer coming on later on a spotlight from California. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in a different position. And so, you know, it's uh, and I think that's the one thing that is hard for everyone to wrap their head around, that it's legitimately so different in different places. But um, one of the things I was going to ask, Stephen, is, is do we need to uh, do, you know, is it wise to change every part of your business model and just, you know, basically, you know, not only shift, but change and, and implement and, and, you know, restructure, you know, when things could very well go back to maybe some sort of a normal and then there's a lot of people that are going to be coming in to purchase at that point and they you know and 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 we've made these uh, these adjustments you know for the for the temporary time frame what's your thoughts on that i guess and you know did did you i know probably sean did he's, he's closer to jonathan but uh, did you see that post and uh, do you have an opinion you know on uh, you know on, on that in general um, I, I did not see the post, and and you know what? Honestly, it's crazy. It's it's hard to follow Jonathan and and so many other guys because they're not going in all the dealerships. So these guys are blowing up social media. So I could spend all day reading uh, what all these guys are, are posting. But mm -hmm. uh, there's been some great stuff that we've been able to follow. One one thing I'll add real quick, which is the craziest thing about all this, is we always look at maybe Florida got hit by a storm, so we're dealing with something, and this is the way we're dealing with it. But the fact is, we're dealing with this as a country. So regardless of where your store's at, you're dealing and seeing the same things that we're seeing down here in Florida. That's mm -hmm. That's been the most incredible thing to know that everybody's really dealing with the same thing right now. Yeah. Um, I, I really believe you, you do. And something we had to do was really evaluate our dealership because we got in such a comfort zone of the way that we do uh, business and the way that we feel our customers want to do business because they've done business here forever. It's really made us evaluate the way that we handle our service customers, the way that we uh, handle repeat customers. We're doing business the way we think they want to do business, and it's really made us evaluate the way customers want to do business. Hmm. Uh, we, we have delivered a lot of, of vehicles in home. We've set tables up out in, in our drive where people could drive through, hop outside, their other vehicle pulled up right there. We would never imagine doing stuff like that before so it we, we're not changing everything but we are improvising the way that we do business making the, the customer comfortable has been our whole uh, motto throughout all of this we want you comfortable doing business here at our dealership uh so in order to do that you must first have to find out what makes them comfortable yeah and so do you, would you let me ask you this if business <clears throat> if business doubles goes back to you know to to a level or higher level with a lot of pent-up business i mean is it even feasible to have you know that type of setup you know so i mean i guess my question would be and sean you know piggybacking can we sustain that type of you know driving in and tables and this type of thing what you know or or, or customers and i know that you know maybe this is maybe being a little redundant but do you think that customers in some some degree are going to you know w again want that interaction are there i know it's hard 
to understand everybody's different. I mean, there's, there's, there's different sides of this, so to speak, even though we're all experiencing it, different opinions, but do you have, do you have an opinion maybe to weigh in on how, how do you see things unfolding here in the next couple of months? Well, I saw, I saw that post by Jonathan and Jonathan and I talked about actually that post and my, my beliefs are, I think you should have the capabilities to take care of every customer the way they want to be taken care of. I just don't foresee it going that way. Um, but if it does, we're ready to pivot. We're ready to adapt. No big deal, right? right? Uh, we have the right processes in place to be able to help a customer in that way um, if they want to. I'm just not seeing it right now, but I, I, it could change. Um, but I'm ready for any kind of thing, man. I mean, yeah. that's what we do in this business is adapt. That's for sure. That's good. <laughs> yeah, let me go back to, to Sean one more time. Um, you know, first of all, I, I think one of the things that's coming out of this, and we kind of kind of touched around it, but is the, uh, and St Steve did especially, but the, I think the, the <clears throat> consciousness that we have now of how valuable the customer is, right? So I think that's definitely something that's going to, going to help help with the connection between uh, dealer and say and uh, and consumer um, but the other thing I wanted to to just ask you Sean I mean Ali Rada uh, I watched an interview with Ali Rada the other day and he said you know with all of this change uh, and this is the number one to remind our audience I know I'm sure you're familiar with him Sean but and Steve but to remind our audience Ali Rada is the the, the world record holder number one auto salesperson in the world and um, he had an interesting take. He said, you know, this this pandemic, this this change in season that we're going through right now levels the playing field so that all salespeople now with all of the new processes and innovation, as well as just the natural um, evolution of the marketplace. And I know we've kind of also downplayed the change a little bit here, but um, but he said it, it really is leveling the playing field for every salesperson to start fresh with, with the same opportunity to grow a huge business in a new way. <clears throat> Any thoughts on that? Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would agree. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, some people get, get stuck in their ways, obviously, but, um, it, it does give everybody an opportunity to, uh, to get out there. And, you know, one thing we had talked about going back, uh, just real quick to, uh, when we started this, we really didn't know how many opportunities we would have. We didn't know if we were going to be open. Uh, so our frame of mind was to spend as much time with every opportunity as possible. So uh, there's there's been salespeople who have went out on their own and talking about the guys that are on social media. Uh, I mean, everybody's at home looking for there's uh, there's a lot of people in our area, a lot of industries that have closed down. So people are on social media that typically during the day would not be on social media. Uh, one of the things that we told our sales staff is we're gonna have to work three times harder to get the same results. Not everybody's gonna be willing to do that. Not everybody's gonna be willing to make three times the amount of phone calls. So although it's a level playing field, uh, some people still have to work harder to get the same results. And, we, and we've had to do that, but here we are on the last day of the month <clears throat> with results that we had last month. Steve, we're, we're, thank you. We're, we'll make That's that good. if because we're we're gonna give Sean final comments here. We'll make that your final comments. And and but I want to say this, Sean. You know, it, I guess it really never is a level, level playing field because the truth the truth of the matter is, it's you know, you're everybody might have the quote same opportunity, but I think we always have. You know, it's not like you know. Uh, I think there's a reason that Ali and uh, you know and others that are phenomenal and do very well at dealerships. You know, you, they, they, I guess there's an old old saying that. You know, you, you take somebody that, that busted their tail and, you know, made a million dollars out of nothing, take it away from them and give them a year, they'll get it back. 
yeah. same time you take somebody that that doesn't you know that doesn't work hard that wins a lottery wins a million dollars and uh you know and you know and give them a year and they lose it you know so it, it's the reality is it comes down to i think what we're made of in a lot of ways i don't i don't think that it's a lack of breaks but um so i mean I, you know so i, I w but we'll give you the closing remarks uh sean well who who said that ollie who no i'm just kidding <laughs> um, well the greatest part of, uh about ollie is you know he's right in this situation but i don't think that's changed I think it's always been that way. Right. I think we've always, always, it's always been an even playing field. Look, I went from salesman to GM in three years. Okay. That's unheard of in three different states. Why? Because of an even playing field. I went out and I, and I made my opportunity through social media, through uh, growing your name, growing your brand, uh, networking, right? This is what it's all about. This is all sales is, right? Yep. It's an even playing field for every single person, every single day. The difference is how bad do you want it and how bad you're, are you, are you going to work? How much are you going to work, right? Amen. That's it. So the people, the, yes, Ollie's right. Is it a play, he's been playing field, but I think it's always been that way, man. Yeah. It's always been that way. I wake up in the morning, I choose to do something, I do it well, I work really, really hard, I outwork my competition, I'm going to win. They are not. And I feel like if everybody, every dealership and every salesman, every manager across the country does this, they are going to perform at a higher level than other people who don't. Well said. Uh, Stephen Jones and Sean Hayes, thank you so much, gentlemen, for coming on. And uh, true inspirations in the car business. I know that uh, there's a lot of people that are glad they tuned in today. I really do appreciate you guys coming on. I hope you close strong, and I hope May is just the uh, biggest month of the year for you guys. Me too. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, hey. th thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Stephen. Hey, uh, just want to mention real quick, Jonathan Dawson did hop into the uh, the broadcast there online. And Jonathan, um, can let me just ask, hey, Mike, can can we take a call from Jonathan if he has a moment uh, after our spotlight? Uh, right, he said can... he was on daddy duty. He said maybe next time. Oh, okay. Okay, great. We got a commercial, too, before the spotlight, but go ahead. Okay, yep. So, go, no, but go ahead. I'm gonna read that. You, when you say what you say, I'm going to read a couple comments. I just want to get a couple of people in here, but go ahead. Yeah, no worries. I was just going to invite Jonathan if he hopped on and he was available to uh, to jump in. Go ahead and read your comments, Dave. Well, I just want to – there's a there's a, a gentleman I'm not familiar with, uh, Thomas Bivens, mm -hmm. um, and he's uh, – I'm assuming he's from New York. He's got a Yankee – um, you know, his emblem is a Yankee logo, maybe uh -huh. not, but he says face to face question mark. We got a deal slash acknowledge with the way this virus spreads from person to person. Imagine if, if they said you could catch HIV from talking to an affected person, we got to get ahead of it, implement the PPE and social distancing. If you get an outbreak, your dealership will be shut down. He may be in New York. I'm not really sure. <laughs> and again, I want to point out the fact that, that listen, we got to understand. So that's a reality from where he's at, but it is not, no doubt. it no is doubt. not the mm -hmm. same you know, at every dealership yeah. and nor, nor should it be, yep. you know, it's just that we're in different parts of the country. William McCormick, I'm assuming it may have been <clears throat> a comment to that or thereafter. William McCormick, uh, William, uh, we know, uh, you know, William's been around, he's in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. uh, the visitors to the store just want to feel safe. Assure them of your provisions when setting the appointment and reassure them with your actions when they arrive. It will put them at ease. You know, I'll keep one thing in mind. I got one more comment. Um, uh, Addison Almeda 
and uh, they said they'll still shop around in this day and market. It's more competitive now than in the old days. That's my opinion. It's human nature. One thing I do want to, there actually is one more comment here, but there, one thing I want to point out is remember what Steven said, you know, and these are, these are customers saying this, can't wait to come down when this is over, shake your hand, hug your neck. You know, I mean, that's just, that's customers saying that to him. Listen, I've never, I'll be honest with you, I've never bought a car from anybody that I want to hug your neck. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, I don't get to know him that well. This is back, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. But that's just what customers are saying. I think that uh, it's different for different people. Um, and that's just, here's the deal. It's called an opinion, right? Um, Marissa uh, Molnar said, meet a lady uh, at a shopping center who met a lady at a shopping center who wants a car, but she wants to touch the car and drive it prior to making the deal and get out of her Jeep. Um, you know, I, I guess I can read another one here. Ty Matham, what are your thoughts on Uber style sales reps? Uh-oh. Dave just got excited. Independent reps that follow your process but make the entire deal digital. Dealers can cut their sales staff by half and only pay for completed sales. I see a business model there, buddy. What's up? Right? Come on, get the, get the, like uh, like delivery guys or whatever, like Carvana. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Except for the dealership. I mean, you know. But Sean Hayes had a great point. He he said something. You know, listen. You can talk about it all you want. We can, and we can interview people. But here's the deal about Sean. Sean would sell a car. If you said, I want you to deliver it on top of an elephant, he would find a way to do it. Yeah. So he's gonna, he has the software in place at their 15 stores. His opinion is nobody wants to do it that way and our salespeople push it. Why? That'd be a great show for down the road. Why? Yeah. You know, I guess you could say they want it, but you know, is does more than 5% or 10% of the market want it? I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I don't. You know, I'm not, I won't ever do that. I mean, I barely want to buy it. I went the other day, I could have bought a shirt. I bought a couple of shirts from Nordstrom, right? Listen, here's me. Okay, now, listen, I like watching TV and hanging out on the weekends and all that kind of stuff. I got in my car, ordered a shirt, went down to Nordstrom at the curbside, and they brought it out to my car and dropped it in the back of my car. I could have, you know, I could have had it shipped to my house. Did you try it on in the back I did seat? not try it on. I yeah. didn't even try it on. And, you know, my bottom line is, you know, that's just me. I mean, I went down and picked it up, and I couldn't even go inside, but... Yeah. So I think that to each his own. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. You're watching Auto Dealer Live. We're going to be right back with our spotlight guest. So don't mention it or don't miss it. Don't mention it. Don't mention it. <laughs> don't tell anyone about the spotlight. <laughs> we'll be right back. Don't miss it. Hey, welcome back. You're watching Auto Dealer Live, and it's time for our spotlight segment. You know, each week we are bringing uh, someone on. It could be a dealer, could be a salesperson, could be anyone that's having a huge impact in the automotive industry. Uh, by doing something significant that helps our industry get to a better place. And today uh, we have on the line Mr. George Grinzowicz. He's the CEO of Van Housen Automotive Group out of Sacramento, California area. Uh, definitely uh, California we know has been hit hard as well. And I want to welcome you uh, to Auto Dealer Live, uh, Mr. Grinzowicz. How are you? Uh, very well. Thank you so much for having me today. How are you? Doing fantastic. Fantastic. You know, um, uh, you know, obviously, the reason you're on the spotlight uh, today is because your group has done something significant. You mm -hmm. took a proactive approach very early on when this whole COVID thing hit. And um, you've got 260, uh, from what I understand, employees that you've been able to keep completely intact uh, because of your yes. approach going into COVID-19. So I want to talk about that for a moment. And, um, and just kind of maybe get your thoughts and feelings. Cause I know when we go into a time like this, being responsible for that many people, their families, and then of course, serving uh, clients as an auto group uh, is hugely important. So maybe just talk about what, what 
you know, kind of changes and what your mindset has been just past, you know, through these past, you know, 30 or 45 days? Well, it's obviously been a very difficult time for us and for everyone out there and, and uh, more so for others, um, obviously. Uh, it, was a, it was just a shock, you know, uh, shock and awe <laughs> when, when this whole thing uh, blew up and, you know, we were ordered to shelter in place right around the middle of March. And um, we, you know, around um, March 18th, we did some layoffs. Um, unfortunately, it was a terrible couple of days. We laid off about 15% of our staff, about 50, uh, 50 employees. Uh, it, was a, it was a really, really bad few days, obviously, because uh, we didn't know what what light ahead. And luckily, we uh, have a really great CFO that works with us, uh, Kurt Minami, who's who was uh, on top of the the um, federal relief programs, and we jumped into that right away and um, I think because of our you know early research and uh, you know work on that that's what was able that, that's what uh, enabled us to you know maintain the balance of our workforce mm. yeah, you know George too I want to bring up this is uh, David Villa thank you so much for coming on and too and you know I, I love what I love about this is you know we we serve the industry here in the auto industry and you know we um, you know we've always prided ourselves in in our uh, our podcast, you know, with always, you know, just talking about and really spotlighting this incredible industry. I mean, no matter what goes on, it's just this industry has a way of, of just uh, coming coming through the other side better. But, you know, there's some other challenges that were going on as well. You guys had major, from what I understand, construction um, as well. I mean, and so, you know, what, where do you think, um, I mean, What's the what's the state of the group now? Talk a little bit about you know uh, where you guys are now, and then really with the light at the end of the tunnel, and you feel like maybe the summer and the future, um, and this next chapter is is uh, really uh, looking like for your group. Well, we're we're very optimistic, and uh, you know, thank you for bringing up the challenge with the construction. Our um, we have two shows that are and one burned down in December of 18. And uh, luckily we didn't lose the workshop, but we lost the entire showroom. And uh, we were gonna remodel it, and then we endeavored upon a complete reconstruction and added about 20,000 square feet. So sure enough, we're in the middle of construction when this all hit. Wow. And we did decide to keep the construction rolling. It's an essential business here in California. And uh, we, you know, after we gathered ourselves, uh, we thought, we better keep on rolling because we want to move into this new uh, fabulous structure that, that, that we're building. So, and, and, you know, everyone's happy to be working on it. I can tell you that. It's awesome. Yeah. Another thing that uh, comes to mind, uh, George, is the fact that, you know, we know that the, the public's perception of car dealers may not always be fantastic. And, and, you know, when they, when they hear about things that, uh, that are going on, like, you know, getting relief to, to help an auto group, um, at first, at first, you know, read, they might say, Hey, well, you know, gosh, uh, you know, car dealers, they're, they're rich, they they dominate, they do all this stuff. They don't need the money. Other people need the money. But, but then when we begin to break it down, right, we look at, uh, the business, you, uh, 260, uh, families that are not only directly impacted as employees, you know, that, that earn their living in one capacity or another that wraps around the stores, uh, but also the spread uh, into the local economy there in Sacramento. The fact that, you know, the, the it, I, I saw here you guys take in about $10 million a year just in taxes uh, for the yes. area. That's just taxes, not to mention 
the sales, the people who are driving the cars, then of course that trickles down into getting the cars serviced and getting oil changes and then uh, providing, you know, transportation for Uber drivers. I mean, that you can go on and on and on that the about the impact that even one dealership has, much less a group in an area. So, so I, I think, you know, as C, CEO, maybe give some feedback as to that, because I think in your position, you can appreciate more uh, the grander effect that you have on the community. Well, yes, thank you. I think we, we really do. Um, as you said, it's 260 employees and, and yeah, frankly, quite a few highly compensated employees, you know, technicians and service advisors and parts advisors and people that are important to the community, people that, that own homes, have mortgages, have, have credit card debt, have uh, car payments and all the like. And, and uh, you know, last year we did over 350 million in sales. And, and as you mentioned, generated over 10 million in, in, in sales taxes alone. So, you know, these, our folks are, are, are giving back to the community and they're very, very happy. I can't tell you, I, you know, in the midst of this pandemic, I'd say our employee satisfaction, our team satisfaction is probably at its peak. They're just, everybody's so happy to have a job. And, and some of the stories that I've heard are just uh, very, very heartwarming. That's good. And so, you know, if you uh, kind of leaving us here and, you know, I'll give Cribs the, the final question here, but my, my final question would be, or, or maybe a comment from you, you know, if you, if you had to speak to other dealers and GMs that are watching or listening or may catch this, this uh, on a replay, you know, and of course every part of the country is different, but this is one big industry and we were united in yes. many ways. Um, you know, if you, if you had to share, you know, maybe some advice on, you know, uh, being a person because leadership people, you know, people want to be the leader until they're the leader, <laughs> but when you're responsible <laughs> for making these types of decisions, it's not always easy. And certainly it could provide some, uh, you know, especially when you laid the employees off in the beginning, you had to make some really hard decisions, but if you can give some advice coming out of this thing, you know, for the car business as a whole, you know, being in this for a long time, obviously, you know, uh, be, being a, a large group. Uh, with a lot of employees, what's some advice that you could uh, maybe give to your colleagues um, across the, the nation on, you know, um, maybe some optimism, some hope, you know, of coming out of where we are into what maybe lies ahead in the, for the car business? Well, I think that's the key is to be optimistic and, and have hope uh, to communicate with with your team. Um, and we we're, we're doing that and and to 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 give to give everyone a vision of what it's going to look like when things get better. And I, you know, I'm a bit of a glass half full person, an optimist, and I'm trying to spread that, you know, through the organization. And, uh, you know, and, and we really feel like we'll get back to normal maybe sooner than some of the doom and gloom estimations that we're hearing. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're taking every precaution imaginable from, you know, everything, fogging every vehicle that comes in, disinfecting every vehicle that comes in, disinfecting all the customer um, interface areas. We've got, you know, uh, uh, plexiglass uh, dividers in between every customer facing area and face masks, and you name it, we're, we're doing all that because I, obviously our, our, our customers and our team members' safety is of the utmost importance, but we are, we are focused on coming out of this stronger uh, than, we, than, than we came into it, for sure. That's good. Yeah, I'll kind of leave with, leave off with with this, uh, George. You know, again, it's kind of a uh, piggybacking on Dave. You know, just addressing other dealers because it's such a large part of not only our viewing audience, but I mean, when we have 
uh, CEOs of, of big groups. I mean, you know, everyone's looking to learn even in the highest position. So uh, maybe, uh, is there anything that your group or that you've seen when it comes to the fixed ops side of things that you would say that, um, you know, here's something that we're looking at, here's something that we've adjusted, here's something we see opportunity in. Is there anything you would speak to when it comes to uh, dealers that may be looking at the fixed ops side of things? Well, definitely, we have been heavy on the social media side. We didn't cut our, um, we didn't eliminate our advertising budget completely. We cut it about 70%, but we kept all the key components, even some broadcast, our local NBC affiliate uh, KCRA, we're still with them. Uh, and, and what we're doing is, is demonstrating to our service customers all the precautions we're, we have in place to make their visit safe. I mean, very safe. And every car is fogged, as I said, not to repeat myself, but that's really seen a spike in our business. We were floating about 40% of normal. We're ending up the month maybe 75% of normal. It's been very well received. And you know we're and we're reaching out to those clients in our in our customer base that we can uh, uh, you know let them know what we're doing and, and make them feel comfortable and and uh, a bit more like business as usual um, you know yeah. uh, throughput wise yeah awesome wow well thank you so much uh, that was uh, that was George Grinzowich with Von. Hausen Automotive Group out of Sacramento, big uh, dealer group there, the CEO. Thank you so much, George, for Thank coming you, George. on today and sharing your thoughts with our audience. That was my honor and pleasure. Thank you both very much. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Thank you. You know, it's, it, 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 again, just adds to the, uh, the the reason I love this industry, man. It's just, you know, in a, it's interesting because where, where else can you, you know, see, I mean, because, you know, unlike other industries, you know, we talked about this a lot, even a lot of times it's, it's regarding uh, and centered around marketing, you know, but the concept is the same. How, where else do you go to get a group of dealers together? There's, it's because they're all over the country yeah. where, you know, you could have you could have uh, other industries that are far more represented regionally you know they're, they're far more represented you know uh, mm -hmm. um, but but dealerships you know when you get the automotive industry and there's roughly 18 19,000 franchise dealerships across the US that's not really a lot that's really not a lot of dealers mm -hmm. you know but um, so yet you're, you're at a platform like this where we're talking to a dealer you know that's in uh, North Florida we have another dealer that's in Virginia on and then we have a CEO of a group in California you know a few weeks ago we have uh, you know uh, El Patron from right in the middle of Brooklyn you know um, in his apartment there then you have you know just just across the board and it's just really interesting to know that this industry is is strong it's it's a it's a it's a very good industry and there's so much well there's so much commonality right because you're you have the same exact you know uh, mission you have the same exact struggles you have the same exact solutions and 90 percent of the time so uh to be able to come on and just uh you know like you're instantly if you're a car guy you're instantly going to connect with george he's a C ceo of, a, of an automotive group but as a dealer when you look at george you go dealer yeah dealer dealer you know so uh so it really resonates but uh, you know there's so many other things too that we could have asked but one of the things i, I want to point out to dealers that are listening and using george and his group and his story as just an example of course sean and and, and steven you know as well every dealer you know that that's that's done this you know they've had to make some tough decisions and there's been obviously some some decisions that are um you know that were 
that, that had to be made for various reasons and so forth. So there's a lot of people that are no longer employed and things like that at dealerships. And, you know, I know that's a horrible situation, but, you know, there's, I can tell you that George's team, you know, just knowing by, by, by having that happen here, you know, um, having our employees intact, you know, they're going to come out of this thing and they're already, they already are with an appreciation like never before, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't think for a moment that this, these, these team, team members are behind the, this group. They're, they're oh, on yeah. board. They're, they drink the Kool-Aid. They're going to, this is my, this is my company. And I'm telling you, you know, that's the difference maker right there. It's, you know, this isn't just the car business, but when you run into somebody that, you know, works for any company, especially a dealership that just, you know, doesn't really, you know, ah, yeah, I work for so-and-so mm-hmm. and it, it, they're, and they're just not, they're not on board with it. But I mean, th- I guarantee you, you're not having that from this group. This group right. is, is, is going, Hey, this is my, these, this is my company. This is who I work for. And because, because he went out of his way to, to take care of, of, of these individuals as well. So it's just a special story. I think anytime you could, uh, you know, um, and anytime you could have that. So make sure you look up this story. Um, and, uh, and, maybe reach out and see if you can connect with George. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, great show. We had a couple of great uh, dealers on earlier, and then we wrapped it up with George there, and uh, it was good stuff. Are you guys still doing training with Auto Dealer University? Are we still doing training? No, we're completely shut down. Yes, you guys, you, well, yes, of course You just put some new training, new, new content, just in the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, with, uh, all wrapped around where we're at right now. Um, By the way, I want, you, I want to stop you. Where we're at right now. I want you to understand something. You know, that where we were a month ago, Cribs did some training, him and Joe, they dropped it in and it's still obviously relevant now, but there's new training in the last few days because it's where we are right now. You need training constantly because I can tell you the sales meeting I had with my team yesterday was different than the one I had two weeks ago. It'll be different than the one I have next week. There's some commonality to it, but there's also some differences because it's where we are now. So you're doing some, you guys are still selling training. You're still partnering percent. with dealerships. <laughs> yes, we are. And let me ask you this: you Great also, month, you way. also have a couple of. You are, you absolutely are, and you guys are, you guys are going to hit your goal uh, today. Um, we you also have it, a. You already hit. Never yeah, mind. We already passed it. But go ahead. You, uh, you're going to hit your. I think you guys. I think they moved the goal. Yeah, yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have. Come on, man. Yeah, we it's, can never hit it. Actually, you hit the goal too early. It's just, oh, okay, you hit that goal. Okay, well, yeah, this is the new goal. This was the real goal all along. This was the real line all along. Um, question for you though, and I know the answer, but uh, I'm asking anyway. Do you have you have some new scripts and some things that you could um, have have together as well, right? I mean, you got yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. How can somebody reach out to you if they want to get? Can we ask you a question? We're in kind of phase two of the new material, by the way. There was phase one, which was the initial response to COVID and what dealers were experiencing and going through. Now we have currently phase two, which is where we're at literally from day to day in the last few days. And Mike, then phase you have the three. To type a number on real quick and put it on the screen. Yeah. I'm going to yep, put go. you on the spot, right? For the yeah, last absolutely. minute. Absolutely. If you're watching right now, can I put you on the spot? Absolutely. Any dealer that calls this number right now, yep. whatever number you put down, will you give them 30 days of free, tr- no strings attached, no strings attached, real free, capital F R E E, training for 30 days? Free, no strings attached. Will you do it? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Call the number that's going to be on the screen. I'll even throw in a live training too. All right. Virtual the number that's training. getting, <laughs> yeah. You don't want them in person. Can't fly right now. in right now. It's 431. We're going to leave it on the screen. We'll just let it play for the next maybe couple minutes. Call this number. Maybe you can even get Cribs around the phone. I don't know if this is. Yeah, a, you can, I can give out my personal cell phone number. 813-526-2861. Wow. 813-526-2861. Mike's going to pop it on the screen. Call this number and anyone who does um, gets free training for 30 days. And Cribs said he will throw in a free 
virtual training. Li live sales training. Or live sales training. We're getting amazing wow. feedback on that, by the You're way. You're going to be limited on those. So call now if you want to get it. It's the last day of the month special. How about that? Last day of the month. Call that number. That's Cribs' cell phone. Last day. Last day. <laughs> All righty. All right. Great show. Thanks, man. Thank you.